Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host. Happy to be here. Three time. Three time. Three time in a row. On time. You know. Shame it's become a habit. I said don't let the man get hot. Hey. Oh, we are cooking with grease. I'm I say, on fire. I like peanut oil. <laughs> Candy ass. Hey. Be a man. You doing good? I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> you got the back of a 40-year-old from what you tell me. Uh, 65, actually. Okay. It's been documented. Oh. So how are we doing? Fantastic. How are you, buddy? I'm here. Making it. That's good. Day by day. That's what we like to hear. That's how we do it. Day by day, brick by brick. Hey. Like I said, good at a lot of things, trying to get great at a few. All right. I see you. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's me over here. Yup. How's the car business? Is it booming? Is it dying? No, it's terrible. It's god awful. Nobody wants to buy anything right now. I don't blame them. You seen these interest rates, bud? Oh, I see them every day. Yeah. yeah. Not it's pretty. Awful. It's terrible. But... It's the nature of the beast. Yep. Nothing I can do about it. Nope. But we do have an interesting guest today. We do have a phenomenal guest. Absolutely phenomenal. He's been he's been here three times. I guess three's the lucky number for today. Incredible guest, better hair. That's what I just complimented him on his hair when he took his hat off. Yeah. Didn't realize he had that much lettuce Looking under there. Crispy. Oh yeah. Flowy. Ladies and gentlemen, returning to pass the jar for the third time. Mr. Corey Pounders. Corey, welcome back, man. Hey, how's it going? It has been a minute. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Just, uh, you know, trying to keep it together. <laughs> What's going on in Pound Town these days? Pull that mic up to you. Uh, Pound Town is a disaster. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows me, uh, I'm always a train wreck. So just trying to keep everything together is, uh, you know, a time. We pull Makes that, sense. Pull that stand up like literally right in front of your mouth. Well, now we're talking. There like we go. Hard to like get in here like this. Oh, yeah. The rest of the episode oh, coming at you. Yeah. yeah. These are uh, different um, <clears throat> microphones than I used the last time. So. Yep. We've upgraded a few things. Yeah, it's a bit different. Moving on up, baby. Well, uh, they sound a lot better on the headphones. Last time I couldn't hear anyone. Yeah. I had to take them off just to uh, to hear what y'all were was, saying. Was that the so. music bracket? Yes, it was. And. You know, it's a cluster. I mean, you know, I might have had a few uh, funny punchlines, but uh, me and Shane sound so uh, similar that I could not tell if I said it or Shane said it. So that's why I was talking to Drake while ago. I was like, I think I'm just going to stay right here. Oh. whole episode. Well, I'm going to switch yeah, my gonna They're not going to know who's talking. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Hold on just hold a second. I can switch my accent. <laughs> well, we can, can, we can bounce around like, on some things. I can talk like this the whole time if you if you'd rather. That's where Corey's at. Shane, you heard where Shane's at. He's at the smooth <laughs> jazz level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, now the pressure's really on me. Well. So, Corey, what's been going on, man? Well, you know, um, well, still in the politics down there in Cordova. Uh, trying to keep that together. That's uh, productive. Mm-hmm. Um, very productive. We've uh, we've switched our system of government up just a touch. We have a... Uh, uh, a great person running, um, a full-time person running the uh, 
industrial board, which she isn't running the industrial board. She's more like a um, advocate for the industrial board. Her name's Renee Sides. She's been doing a tremendous job on uh, writing grants for the city um, and just being an all-time advocate for the city, which is uh, people don't realize how much of a blessing that is. Um, it is tremendous. It, you know, it. I could not think that uh, woman enough. You know, me and her may differ politically, but I would say that she is a tremendous person um, altogether. Um, she's fantastic. So what kind of politicking are you doing? Um, my politicking is, um, you know, my usual rhetoric of uh, individuality. Um, just basically trying to get everyone um, involved with things. It's kind of, you know, I've kind of tamed out a bit um, in terms of my rhetoric. I, I really want to get everyone involved in community action within our local community. Um I've recently, and I wouldn't even say recently, um, within the past three years since I've been on here, I would say that we cannot depend on national politics to dictate what we are doing locally. So, you know, I, I felt like I was tremendously cold-hearted. I, if you could, I was. I felt like a bleeding heart the last time, but I, maybe even more now. Um, that we should uh, localize more and control our po political uh, affiliations more locally uh, now. Um, like even a militia? More now. No, not like a militia. No, <laughs> no like um, we, we know our local problems, and you, you, you hear nationally that we have all these issues, right? So uh, I live in... Personally, I live in a predominantly African-American neighborhood, which I have the best neighbors ever, right? And I think that I have, me and them have zero problem on what we want in our community. We have the same goals, same values, and um, we want to push for a better community. We want the same things. We want clean streets. We want um, clean roads roads that actually function in accordance which um bouncing back to someone like i said that i do not agree with politically um i believe that this uh renee is accomplishing perfectly i mean we have the money to do it we're in the engineering background to be able to do it and um i think cordova is going to function exponentially there's a lot of good things in the works that people don't know about especially in that community and you know i don't mind to get hated on but you know there trust me there's a lot of good things coming in that area that people just don't realize we've heard it's on the come up so it's on the come up for near sure. the uh, near the interstate well, that is a um, political fight that we're in. Um, I dabble in local politics. I have, to, I have to go there uh, to an event Thursday at the uh, school board. Mm. 
<laughs> and uh, I, a, I promised I wouldn't get too deep into politics <laughs> on this one, guys. That's a touchy subject right now down there, huh? But I believe there is enough money in the coffer, personally, to um, to benefit Cordova and Dora 100%. Yeah, we've now, heard about that. <laughs> you know, whether... Um, our uh, superiors, as one would say, the people we voted in the office, you know, our elected uh, officials. officials would say, um, that's up to them, right? They have their vote. We voted for them. We entrust our vote to them. So it is up to them to decide whether or not they do the right thing and give which I would say would be economically din- disenfranchised youth um, from from both areas, um, a proper education and a proper area to perform uh, their duties at school. I, you know, it's honestly, you know, I promised Drake and them I wouldn't get on this. <laughs> I, I really did, but... I'm real good at poking a bear. We need to... Give these kids, if we have extra money, we should give these kids extra money. What's right? the point in holding it? What it? Yes, exactly. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to just develop these coffers? You're going to give it, uh, what are we going to build a fish tank at Curry? I went to Curry. I'm a Curry alumni. You know, they have a good facility. Pretty good fishing team up there. And, and the most disgusting thing I've heard is that we cannot build anything on the interstate, which... Makes zero sense to me, considering Carbon Hill is on the interstate yeah. with what all three schools. There I was going to say if if I can drive so towards I've, Winfield and see everything happening at Carbon yes. Hill, that's a pretty lame duck excuse. And I'm not going to stick up just for Cordova, just because I live there. Dora des- deserves a school as well. Both schools, the elementary school at uh, Cordova is what seventy seventy five years old. Mm-hmm. It's old. We have a guy that is in our. Um, political range in Cordova that literally was it the, may first, be older than the that, first actually. branch to go there. No, this dude is like eighty years old. He was well, the under, first yeah. first go to go there. So I mean what I mean what 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 can we do? Do our children not deserve that? Do we do our children not deserve the uh the expenditure of a new school? What what educational benefits could be provided outside, you know, of a rickety building where the, you know, the infrastructure falls on the principal's desk. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't a, uh, a wake-up call, I don't know what is. You've, I mean, our principals make 120000 plus. What do you, what do you want them, uh, what do you want them to do, honestly? And this is, com- and this is just coming from me. I'm just the chairman of the Industrial Board of Cordova. I, I mean, I don't know anything. I'm just a dummy. Are you an elected official? No, I'm not an elected official. But You're appointed? Present, no, I am an appointed official. But I carry myself as though I am an elected official. Yeah. I would welcome a resignation at any point. You sure? Yeah, 100%. If I'm not performing the duties that um, I believe that the community uh, wishes of me, then if they wish me to withdraw, I would withdraw. But I don't... Th- just listening to your passion about it, I don't think you should. Just because you you you're on the right track, you you seem to have the greater good in mind instead of the selfish good. No, I have no selfish involvement 
uh, in any of it. Um, actually, we were just bidding over a coal lease that Cordova involves, and honestly, do I enjoy coal mining? No, 100%. If it was a brand new affair, I'd vote against it. But um, the scarification of the earth has already happened. And unfortunately, um, I have a... Might as a, well reap the benefits. Unfortunately, yes, we should reap the benefits. But the problem is, is there's still a community that surrounds that area. Mm-hmm. And it and it's very troublesome for me. You can you can anyone can contact me and talk to me about it directly um i i do not like coal mining i think it is a blight complete 100 percent blight but um in these economic situations that we find ourselves in in a small town that's the only way we can develop um money economically um besides applying for grants and a lot of people don't understand that and it's uh Honestly, it's a complete bummer. So what are the type of grants that uh, y'all are getting down there? Well, if you can go into it. Oh, I, I can. Um, so Renee Sides, which, like I said, um, I, I think she's a wonderful uh, a person for our community. She's been applying for a, a ton of federal grants. We've Cordova is going to have an existential change in the next two years. Um, a lot of people don't believe it, but I promise you the roads will be paved. There will be new buildings being brought up. Um, we just had a phase two environmental study done, which would which, which is huge. I don't so you know all the old buildings that were there. I mean we don't know what was there before. So they've there was like dry cleaners there. There was like oil changing businesses there. And what do you think they done back in the day? There weren't no holding tanks. There mm-hmm. was no environmental. You know, dump it. Dump it. So what we're going to have to do is completely level the whole downtown, pull that soil out, replace it with, um, you know, non-contaminated soil, <laughs> non-contaminated <laughs> soil. I mean, and you know, a lot of people think that's like, oh, you just go in there and throw up a business up and there it is. Well, that that's not necessarily true, but I would say in the next year that there will be four new businesses, four to five new businesses located in Cordova. Um, it's going to be very rapid and it will be for those businesses. I would like to say it would be in the old Piggly Wiggly location and one in the old key grocery store location. Um, now I, I can't go further than that just because I can't divulge any other information, but, um, I'm, I'm looking very much towards the positive. Is the Blue Devil going to make a return? Blue, which Blue Devil? The one that was on the side of the building? Well, we got to get a building there. What? Do you, well, obviously. But, I mean, when you get a building there, is the, the Blue Devil going to come back? I would say it should. 100%. I remember, you know, I I, I never grew up there as a child. Um, I thought you were talking about the one on the railroad track. No. Um, but, no, I never grew up there as a child, you know. And I always... You know, we came through Cordova, and it was always scared, honestly, the shit out of me. <laughs> it always reminded me of, like, um, some kind of goosebump, spooky story town, you know? I asked this same question on Carly's episode, and she got gave me the exact same answer. Well, you got to put a building there. Well, Thanks. the buildings yeah. are coming, but Didn't, people don't dull. people don't understand the progress of construction and or the state and federal government 
And that's a problem, um, not from my end, because look, nobody cares what dirt's there. We're not eating that dirt. I, if it was up to me, we would plow in these um, investors and we would throw up buildings and it would be ready to go. People don't realize that Cordova is actually a prime place to build property. I don't know why no one else is looking at it. We're closer to Birmingham than Jasper is. We're going to be a suburb. Whether people like it or not, we're moving in lock, stock, and barrel. Unfortunately, people do in this time do not get it because people do not have a long-term view of things. But it's going to be a it's going to be a suburb. I mean, we're talking well, I'm talking Gardendale. Now, the people that I'm with, they'll be dead before it becomes a Gardendale. <laughs> but it will. We also have a lot of uh, cool uh, bike paths and things that are coming up that uh, that have been thrown into uh, fruition um, from, unfortunately, people that have left. And I've been dealing with those situations and those are coming to fruition now which is going to be ultimately cool i mean we're we've got some cool things that are coming up um people just wouldn't get until it happens so has uh the indian head harvest festival kind of helped the growth any I wouldn't say the Indian Head Harvest Festival is 100% behind the growth. You know, that's coming up. Well, I just mean, um, is it like a part of it? You know, I think it's cool. But, okay, so back before Jasper was committed to beer, we committed to beer. We were throwing beer behind, you know. I'm not saying it was me, but, you know, I'm a booze hound. And I said, you know what? You want to get people here? Let's give people some beer. And they were like... Let's get it going. So we started building these festivals up. So we have two major festivals a year. We have the 4th of July and we have uh, the Fall Festival, which is the Indian Head Fall, uh, Indian Head Festival, which is coming up this week. But y'all won't hear it the next week, so it'll be over. But um, the cool thing about it is, is we're getting a wide range of people coming in and, you know, from all over. Uh, coming into the community, I mean, people are really loving the events we're throwing, and we've moved it from downtown to the park. Unfortunately, the 4th of July festival was wrecked by a uh, tremendous storm that James Spann nor God predicted, so um, it was a bummer, but it was it was going to be great. I mean, we had, we had an awesome turnout for the first four or five hours until the storm hit and then of course it washed that'll run some away. people off oh yeah. yeah i mean this was a storm dude i was we bury these poles very far in the ground and then we uh tie cement bags around them and it was picking the tent up i was th there's this plant girl i don't know her name and probably will never know her name but I know she has a place in Jasper that's like down an alley, and I was helping her hold their tent down. And every time I'd put her plants back up on a structure, the wind would like pick it up and blow it away. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, for the love of God, I'm trying to help you. And We're fighting like, to lose She's like, we'll just put it in the van, and I'm like, we'll just keep it together. And of course, it was it was no of course. Keep but, the mic, keep the mic on you. Oh, 
Sorry, I back away. You can adjust I'm, it if you need to. I'm a big talker. Um, I back away a lot. But um, what's cool about Cordova is, you know, we got these cool pickleball courts coming up. Um, Fastest growing sport in America. Allegedly. I'm not going to play it, but I can watch people play it from my house. <laughs> so uh, it looks fun. They get intense down there. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing better than watching a couple of 350-pound men bang uh, just pickle some balls around wiffle balls (laughs) that's what i said uh, i was like it's literally wiffle ball with tennis rackets that's that's what it looks like but they're bringing you know we've got the court made we've got the (laughs) nets ordered that's what i'm doing after this (laughs) tickle ball tickle ball oh me too trust me hey is it the same sport this bad boy right here (laughs) untouchable (laughs) never misses uh Success right through the roof. But, yeah, I've got to get a shout-out to uh, everybody in Cordova that's actually working on these projects. There's a lot of unheard people that don't have voices in our community, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Drake and Shane have given me one to be able to to voice things that are happening. And um, before I uh, should shut out on uh, local politics, because I don't want to beat this to death, I would say that uh, Cordova and Dora both deserve their um respective respective schoolhouses because we're dealing with two of the oldest schoolhouses in this county and um one of them's the greatest well dogs well there's two of them (laughs) there's two of them that are fairly old uh they both deserve to uh to have students in there and to be able to educate them properly in in a productive space um so Joe Biden has <laughs> no what Joe hard Biden transition. I ain't doing that. <laughs> We're not going into those. We're going to nip that in the butt. I'll I'll go into geopolitics, but um, <laughs> everyone knows how I stand on uh, uh, American politics. I go back and listen to Corey's go. first appearance on. <laughs> I don't think I'm to go into that any further. Corey and I. Got deep into the whiskey on oh, that. Oh, I episode. could tell. <laughs> I wasn't just deep in the whiskey. I, I drank six shandies before I got on the yeah. podcast, and then we drank whiskey. Then the whiskey uh, Buffalo Trace was flowing. Yeah. I can re- the, the bad thing is, I can remember everything that was going on, but I got so... And as everyone can remember from the first podcast, that was a horrible time. Terrible. Horrible, terrible time, and... In American life, I mean, we we were coming. I think they called it a pandemic. Well, it wasn't a pandemic. I didn't just get thrown into this. You just, weren't even here yet, Shane. No, That's, exactly. That was crazy. It was. It wasn't just a pandemic. We were going through um, racial strife, which was you know something that obviously I've never dealt with. I'm a white guy, but you know I I love uh, the African American community so um we're not going into those waters i hope today. not today <laughs> but geopolitical politics i'm more than welcome to talk about just not our politics today <laughs> we can't do that right okay. not our politics we know where Corey stands on our politics <laughs> he was one of the first you were like first half of season one the first time you were on i want to say i was season two were you season two i don't think um, so I, I was August 16th or 14th, 2020. You I want to say that was season two, was it not? Yeah, uh, it might have been season two then. Um, I fair. closed out season two. 
If we're being completely honest, and I hate to cut you off. No, because Shane came cut, in middle of middle way season two. I don't even consider the first season like the actual first season when Drake was just solo when was dolo running it. August August 16th, August 14th. Yeah, August 14th, 2020. Are we still recording? You were season two, Probably episode two. I record. Yeah, we're rolling. Oh, oh my God. So just to save us the trouble, we're just not going to go any more politics. Can we do that? Can we have a good time? That works Unless, unless there's something, a pressing matter you want to discuss. That's up to y'all. Y'all ask the questions and I'll give the answers. Well, you're the guest. Well, yeah, How long before we get involved in uh, Israel? There we go. Oh, there well, it yeah, is. Let's jump into it. It's a we, hot button topic. We, we, we're already involved. Uh, you know what I mean. Fully involved. We've been sending boots on the ground. To, uh, to both sides. You think we ever put boots on the ground? I hope not. Okay. I mean, would you? God, no. We're going to get called back if it does. I'm out of my window. No. Nope. Oh, yeah. They can't do that. Have you ever heard of a draft, sir? <laughs> Have you? Yeah, but we volunteered, so we're we're exempt. That does not help. That's Drake's going. Yes, we're the first ones back. Uh, no, Drake's out. going. We're the first ones back, sir. <laughs> shout out to Blind I have, Boys. I have no interest in going back. Oh, they'll waver that shit in a heartbeat. I have no Send interest him the front. <laughs> going back and being a combat engineer. Zero interest. You no, know I wouldn't want to go back in and the be middle, a crew chief. In the Middle East. Okay, so let's say if the Oh, Arab, you're screwed. Let's say if the Arab coalition gets involved in this war. Yeah. Which, are y'all familiar with who they are? Yes. Okay, that's everyone that is in the Arab League. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking Saudi Arabia, we're talking Lebanon, we're talking, and, and unf- you know, oddly enough, even though they aren't um, Arab, Iran is tingling on the edge of it, which is weird because you got Sunni and Shia mm-hmm. um, joining together, which they typically unfortunately don't. do not like Israel. Which, I don't know why, I mean, you know, we've only been, you know, Ishmael and Isaac, you know, from the Bible, these (laughs) brothers have been fighting for, uh, what, mm, who knows when that was written, or the story was (laughs) became. Yeah, true. So, I mean, of course they don't like their brother. 3500 BC. Yeah. Uh, It's just a Cain and Abel situation over and over again. Um, I'm 100% against it. Um, I do not want to see anyone die. So you feel like six billion dollars probably could have been spent better elsewhere, bro? Yeah. You seen those interest I, rates? I would say six billion dollars. <laughs> you could give um, divide it up and send it to the schools in America, and we probably could have got a better educated uh, force than what we have. Which is I bet Dora and Cordova wouldn't be fighting Listen, over a school. I've, you bet your sweet ass. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I've got a situation. I've been developing this thing in my head. Okay. okay. I don't know. Are y'all familiar with the uh, the Depression era WPA? No. The Work uh, Works Progress Administration. Mm-mm. So, I've listen been to dev- last week's episode with Jared. Jared Aaron. Did yeah. he Did he mention? No, that? I just brought up things that I didn't feel like I needed to know later in life. Oh yeah. So oh, history. He's, pr- he's probably flown a few of them. I'm sure. WPA um, structures. He might have. It's amazing. Dude, the WPA was probably one of the coolest programs that has ever been uh, implemented um, in America. I mean, we've got the Works Progress Administration, and we've got another one that uh, built uh, parks um, across America. It, the, the, um, the BPA. Ben- I was about to say, I'm a big fan of the NPS. National Build Park parks. Service? Yeah. Oh, they'll close down next week. 
<laughs> if we don't pass this budget. I'm not talking about that situation, but there was another group I in in the vernacular escapes me currently. But um I would like to uh bring back the WPA, but um kind of transition it into a workforce program. Um we've got these problem uh problems throughout our states that um we could solve, you know, we got a workforce problem that people aren't properly trained to be able to produce, you know, plumbing, uh, electrical work, uh, steel workers, concrete workers, things like that. And my idea behind it is, is that we come in, we bring in uh, these unionized workers. And I know people are like Ugh, unions or whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Look, we'll bring in these skilled workers that know what they're doing and we train these young people for three years at a time, okay, we we train these young people out of high school three years at a time. We use them as a labor workforce to rebuild our infrastructure. And we have a huge infrastructure problem here in America. So what we need to do is, just like you take the ASFAB, you take a WPA test, okay? You come in, and it'll tell you what you're best suited for. Now, is that always right? No, but I mean, you'll take the WPA test and it'll, it'll send you in directions that you could actually function in. Not everybody's meant to go to college. And, um, I'm a firm believer that at this point, college is complete garbage. I know a lot of dumb sons of bitches that have got degrees. And I mean, I'm talking about dumb ass shit. I've got a degree myself. Everybody's looking at me. the table with and, one. And guess what? <laughs> I probably don't need it. Honestly, I don't even use my degree anymore because it's garbage. So what we need to do is get these young people in because they've, they've been lost. They've been told that they have to go to college and spend two, $200,000 going to get these bullshit degrees that don't mean anything. And what we do is we let them take these tests that show their aptitude and what direction of infrastructure... Um, that they need to belong in. So, you know, welding, uh, you know, draftsmen, things of that nature. And we bring these people in and they get trained under people who have been in the industry for years. And we develop it just under the government, uh, government service, um, pay scale. So if you're really good and you pass your test and you know what's going on, that, you stay in the service. Now, you can make a whole career out of that, or you can go and leave and, you know, join the private sector, which, at this point, I mean, you're making bukus of money if you know what you're talking about in the private sector. I oh, mean, yeah. if you don't, if you're not making bukus of money, I mean, or making in- a good wage, and, and by bukus, I mean, if you're not making a good wage in the private sector and construction, then, I mean... It's kind of on you. Just it's, call it like it is. It's basically on you. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, even even in the government pay structure, anything GS thirteen really well, thirteen for sure, but like even eight or nine is far above like average median income. Correct. That is correct. But I mean I mean, we're talking about we bring these guys in, they start producing, you know, labor. And what we do is per state, we have to divide it per state and you know, kind of like Southern Company or Alabama Power does, we divide it. We divide the state into these sectors, mm-hmm. and we start um, 
building the infrastructure up and you have a young labor force. Now, I know this is a controversial topic, but uh, I think that it should be mandatory that you should join either the WPA or um, the United States military unless you've got something going on, unless you're going to college. I mean, I, I mean, what's your what's your take on the on the minimum term? Three years. Three years. Yes, I mean, and and when I when I say you you join the WPA, well, you're not going into this whole like you're going to lift weights and like you've got to go run every morning. No, you're learning a trade. Mm-hmm. It's just to give something like to people who have never thought about having any hope before. I think national service is something that should be depended upon. But, you know, obviously there's some people that can't do it. You mm-hmm. know, people that are mentally challenged, people that um, just mentally can't perform in an economic environment, and that's fine. <clears throat> but, um, you know, for young, able-bodied men and women that want to... Uh, I'm going to go down this route, but... um if you've ever watched the Night's Tale, like, change their stars, then I think that, that would be the perfect opportunity to do so and actually give back to your community as well. And you would become more of a, a a prideful person in your community. You would stand up for more community action. You would stand up and more likely want to get into politics and change the environment of which you live. Do you think something like the WPA like that <clears throat> would benefit like displaced veterans like when they come home and they don't really know what they want to do with their life? 100% I do because the thing that the veteran craves and I'm a veteran, Shane's a veteran. I mean, he is was in the Air Force, but you know, veteran of what you will. <laughs> uh, uh, He's a retired mechanic. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Let's you I work on airplanes. <laughs> I'll tell you from my experience that the biggest thing, um, we spilled the dip can, guys, sorry. Um, the biggest thing well, she didn't spill, thank God. when I was out of the military was She's not an having any sort of structure. So I came out of the military and went right into college of an unstructured society that honestly um, was completely foreign, even though I was there just three years before, was completely foreign to me. Um I believe that that would be a perfect way for a transition from people out of the military to get a good serviceable job. Um, They're they're already used to a structured, you know, uh, mentality. And it would be a a, a good way to, uh, for a a lack of a better term, I don't know if it's a French term, it's called esprit de corps, um, which is is a camaraderie term. Um, you know, meaning all together. Um, and I, I think that that would be a perfect way to bring people out that are transitioning from the military into a functional society without having and possibly even preventing, you know, things such as PTSD, because that's a, a, a major function in people's lives that they get out of the military and. They have nowhere else to turn. I have many friends that, you know, were infantry fellows or Cav Scout guys, and they came home to nothing because their MOS has provided nothing, no support structure, nothing. 
So they come in. They come into the the revamped Works Progress Administration, and they find a family. Now, is it a family of what they're used to? No, but the thing about military people is we're very used to bonding to new people. Mm-hmm. We can adapt and to the surroundings very quickly. That's right. And we build America. I think that that's the... And this is the only political... I don't even think this is political, honestly. I think this is more of a uh, call to action to Americans that we worry about our infrastructure. I mean, what are we talking about? 70% of our bridges in America are defunct, are garbage, don't meet standard. We've got national parks that are burning down because the brush has not been cleared because invasive species We've got places like Cordova Parish that are overwhelmed by kudzu. We've we've got unlimited possibilities in this country. We have a huge country that is surrounded by water on three sides, technically, that we could transform, and it's up to us. It's up to us whether we take it and do what we want with it and come together and develop something that's worth our children and grandchildren living in or we you know let it decay because the government uh our current government and the structure that is in uh will not allow it to happen shane did you ever have any did you have those same feelings when you came home just kind of like well i don't know what to do now oh absolutely i mean especially like when i came home like right in the middle of covid so it was just a huge question mark of what was i supposed to do yeah, I mean, I got lucky and landed a pretty decent job, but I feel like had I came home in a normal time, I may have had a easier time transitioning back into everything because there wouldn't have just been this country on lockdown and nothing happening around me, and then also I'm not doing anything at the same time. So, I don't know, it was weird. I yeah. wish... Well, you know, I came home um, in 13, uh, went back to college in 14, and, you know, if you go back and listen to my um, first podcast with Drake, I talked about how I failed out, and when I'm talking about failed out, I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't for me, but when I came back in um, 14... Um, I took it very seriously, and someone who loves history as much as I do, I completely failed history with probably one of the best history professors that Bevel State has ever known um, in Jasper. Um, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but there's there's like a picture of him in Bevel. Um, I, actually, I think there might be a hall named after him. <laughs> um but I completely fell out of his class, and which is funny because I've always loved history. And when I came back, I had a different perspective on life that I wanted to uh, su- succeed, you know, and really get through. I was wondering where you're going with the first part of that. Oh, no. Like, it, dude, I'm telling you. I heard suck, and I was like, oh, God. I, oh, dude, no. I, when I'm telling you I was bad at college the first time I went, I failed. And when I failed, 
hugely bad. Bigly. Bigly. I was waiting on a bigly. 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 I like it. No, I I failed, and it shouldn't shouldn't even be a course I should have failed at because I passed the next course with a ninety nine. And uh, I remember a lot of people in the class um, asking me, it's like, why do you keep asking these questions about like things going on? This, I'm like, are you not interested in these topics? I mean, we're talking about reconstruction, which you li- if you live in us in the South, um, reconstruction started, you know, after the Civil War and ran till still. Present day. I mean, why do you think the education in the South is as bad as it is? I mean. Makes a ton of sense. They stifled our uh, education resources after mm-hmm. the Civil War, which is fine. I mean, I get it. That's, we're, we're facing, we were rebellious people, and we went against the United States government, which we totally deserved that at that time. But it shouldn't have lasted, you know, to the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. I mean, Jesus. I mean, what do you want to do? That's fair. Guy brings up a solid point. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, so I got super interested in, in you know, in uh, my studies and uh, people were asking me, it's like, why do you care about this? Well, dude, let's go. Let's go. I'm I've been like, waiting on somebody to ask me that. I'm like, dude, you've got a guy here that has some answers about shit, and you do not want to ask him questions. You have, you're, you're not interested. You, okay, so I had these African-American girls that sat beside me, and literally talking about Jim Crow era uh, history, which this man was an ultra liberal. I will not tell his name, but I will tell you he was a great teacher. He was on the liberal side of things, um, but still his his reasoning was sound. Um, they cared nothing about it, and I'm like, this man is telling you the issues that are wrong mm-hmm. with with everything that, you know, Jim Crow South and, you know, the politics. You've got, you know, that bastard that shot um, JFK and all that, and you don't care? Like, you just want to get a credit? You don't care? Like, and and, and it wasn't just the, the African-American girls that were sitting next to me. It was everyone in the class just wanted a credit. And I wasn't there for a credit. After, after being in the Army... And getting it beat into me that we're just slaves to this machine. Um, and when I finally got my freedom, I realized that I'm not a slave to this machine. Um, I was perplexed that these people never had true freedom mm-hmm. and did not want to partake on the things that these liberal professors, and, and they were liberal, um, we're giving us, and I, when I say liberal, I mean in the classic sense. I'm not talking about current day liberalism. Yeah. But uh, next question. <laughs> next question. Corey's like, I can go all night. Hey, I'm right there with you. Same. But we'll change the subject here. 
I hope. You know, I am a politic guy. I love politics more than everybody else. You should you pick know. up podcasting, dude. No, I hate it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like coming on here because y'all were such fun. But, like, I'd rather talk about fun uh, topics, you know. Yeah, like, like uh, Marion, Sunshine, Rainbows, LSD trips. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Not just typical know. normal stuff. All the concerts you've been to? I've been to a shit ton of them, guys. In the past few weeks. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I'll tell you what, in the past, I'd say month, I've went to more bucket list concerts than I could ever go to. So I've seen Lana Del Rey, which, you know, oh my gosh, who'd want to see Lana Del Rey? You're a dude. Apparently I'm a big dude. Yeah. Big Lana fan. I'm a big guy. Yeah. Big Lana fan. (laughs) That's my queen. Taylor Swift ain't shit. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Shame. go that far. Snow on the beach. Most powerful person in America. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) All too well. All too well. I'm going to come deep in this mic. (laughs) Lana Del Rey made snow on the beach. 100%. It was so good that Taylor had to cut it twice. I was going to say, I will say this. Featuring even more Lana Del Rey is way better. Is powerful. Oh my, that's God. powerful stuff. Listen, people don't know, and my wife knows, and my best friend Amanda knows how much I love Lana Del Rey. Listen, I listen to her every day, every single day. I love Lana Del Rey more than the moon. When I found out she was in my hometown, well, my family's hometown, I was so freaking pissed and upset I, I felt like maybe that's what a taylor swift fan feels like what do you think would have been a better experience the concert or so you know, her waffle, waffle house. house waffle house 100 it had to be right dude i could have got her to sing a song there oh no 100 could have got her to do it you imagine walking into waffle house hammered drunk and just boom lot of dale racing there whipping up some eggs i want to tell you Okay, so I paid an ungodly amount to see Lana Del Rey live. Look, an ungodly amount. More than I've ever paid to see. I'm going to say if I combined the concerts that I've seen together, I would say she probably compromised one-fifth of the concerts that I went and seen. And it wasn't even good seats. The problem is, is my best friend went, Amanda. And guess what she did? nosed her way from shit seats and she nosed her way jumped the balcony i don't know how she got down there but she made it to the bottom row into the pit and when i'm telling you the pit was crowded it was crowded oh yeah i mean i'm talking about like 18 year old girls to 40 year old girls everywhere across the whole stadium i might have been one of 3,000 men in the whole area. <laughs> and I might have been, out of 3,000 men, I might have been 200 out of 3,000 men that was glad <laughs> to be there. I was telling I was telling these guys that I was up there, I was getting a beer, and they were like, oh, yeah, did your girlfriend bring you here? I'm like, no. Not at all. I'm like, this is all me. Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? Windows is changing <laughs> another thing. Yeah, they can't hear that. No, they can't. Nope. Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, it, divulging it was company a, uh, secrets. Oh, I didn't know that. You should have told me. <laughs> but uh, it was so loud in my ear. 
Um, anyways, we're going through it, and uh, like these guys are like, "Yeah, did your uh, girlfriend, wife, bring you here?" I'm like, "No, I brought her actually." Heck, no, we're both huge fans. Like, okay, so I spent an undisclosed amount of money on getting her new album, uh, you know, which I thought was going to be. Sorry, Sandra, if you're listening to this, my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be her topless album. Turns out, a little too drunk when I bought the album, and it was not her topless album because I was going to keep that forever. Nobody would ever looked at it. No, it, the record would have not been scratched ever. And I've got a perfect vinyl system that can play any vinyl perfectly. I paid enough money for this thing. It, it would have been no scratches. I could have put it right back in. So I get it. It gets shipped to me. I, I open this thing up. Oh, She's excited. not topless. Bummer. I don't want to see her topless. That is not the issue. You can go on the internet and see her topless. That's not it. The fact was the rarity of the mm-hmm. album. Okay. I spent a lot of money to get this album. Turns out, ordered the wrong one. I get it there. She's got clothes on. I'm pissed. <laughs> and Chelsea's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, she doesn't have clothes on. She has, she's got clothes on, man. And she's like, she's got clothes on. And I'm like, she's supposed to be topless. And she's like, Lana Del Raven's going to be topless? And I'm like... What kind of fan are you? Just like, leave me alone. No, leave me alone. I ordered her candy bracelet and it was sold out. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, that's how big of a Lana Del Rey fan I am. But So no, where was she? Uh, she was at Huntsville at the Apollo Theater, which if you have not been to the Apollo Theater and you are in the Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama area. The Orion? Yes. Yeah. That is the place to go see a concert. The Apollo I, is an iconic comedy club. Yes, that is true. I'm not <laughs> talking about the Apollo in New York. <laughs> Talking to you about the Apollo in Huntsville, Alabama, which is, um, I'm telling you, it might be one of the top venues I've ever seen anybody. Uh, I went and seen Burt Crasher there. Again. It's called the Orion. Orion. (laughs) What did I say? You still call it the Apollo. Apollo? (laughs) Oh, shit. My bad. Wrong space term. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. One's a belt, one's a spaceship. You know, it happens. Yep. One's a belt, one's a spaceship. Orion's belt. The constellation. Yeah. Not familiar with it. What's that about? I'm just, fucking, a cloudy I'm just fucking with you. It's actually just a uh, a collar on a cat's neck. No, my bad. Sometimes I misspeak. Here it's fine. Comes the in black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, no, the uh, Orion is definitely a place to go. Of course, Apollo Theater would be very nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. In Harlem, New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit further of a drive. I've, You know what? Oh, my God. But anyways, the Apollo is great in Harlem, but the Orion <laughs> is where you want to go. Uh, in Alabama, Mississippi. Apollo for comedy, Orion for concert. I, I, I'm telling you right now, if Rick James came back from the dead <laughs> and he was at the Apollo Theater, would you not go see him? In Harlem. Yes. Harlem. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Harlem, New York, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's fair. You want to hear a crazy thing? Yeah. Offbeat from this? Oh, yeah. Are you aware of Neil Young? Uh, I know that a Southern man don't need him around. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? What if I told you that Neil Young and Rick James are in a band together? The fuck? It sounds like the Rolling Stones before the Rolling Stones. 
Is this documented somewhere? Oh, yeah. It's on Spotify. 100%. It's badass. You have to check us out. Yep. It sounds fantastic. Um, You just look it up. I I couldn't tell you the name of the group, but it it is great. But anyways, back off that uh, stray hound bird. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, go go to the Orion. It is a fantastic theater. I've seen Burt Crasher there with uh, a ton of comics. Uh, Norm. uh, McDonald. No, he's dead. Well, um, I didn't know. Jesus, oh, dude! What, I knew he was dead, but I didn't too know. Too soon. Like, what is that? A uh, that New Orleans comic? Uh, Theo. Well, that too. No, I didn't see him. It, 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 anyways, it was it was good. It was a whole branch of comedians. Theo's um, coming in November. Yes, yeah. he is. We'll be there. Bert's coming to Birmingham at some sometime. He just announced it like yesterday. Really? Bert Crasher's coming again. Mm-hmm. Coming to Birmingham. His well, wife's from saying. Alabama. Yeah, she's from uh, Phoenix City. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild, dude. Shout out, I'm Georgia, telling you. dude. He that's his daughter's <laughs> name. I thought you were calling out her name. Living on Georgia, that's time. I'm pretty sure that's where the daughter's for, name came coming from. Coming up for you, bro. <laughs> no, had some hunting land outside Phoenix dude, City. They, uh, he was fantastic. His whole tour that he brought was great, but like he had this. Okay, I don't know how, how you want me to say it, but he had this autistic fellow, and that's how he described himself. I don't know. Talking about but, Shane Gillis? No, not no, not Down syndrome. Oh, <laughs> common misconception. Uh, autistic fellow. This dude came out and was like, "Hey, I've got autism. I'm about to tell you some jokes, dude. I'm telling you when he, that might have been the funniest son of a bitch I've ever heard <laughs> live. And I've seen, um, I don't know how many people I've seen live, but let's just say this was probably the funniest person. And he fucking slayed. Like, he came in and totally leveled the house so bad that the other performer, Tiffany Haddish, came after him. And uh, she's a top tier comic, and she could not follow this guy. This dude leveled. <laughs> and I'm I'm dying. I had to send it, so uh, a coworker I work with, he has a son that has autism, and I sent it to him, and I'm like, dude, immediately look this dude up. This <laughs> dude is fucking killing me. He was like, dude, I've never heard anything funnier than this. Dude, this dude was so fucking funny, I and I cannot remember this guy's name. If you can look up in, like, November or... I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's not that many autistic comedy uh, comedians. Oh, this dude's... Uh, he's got to be god tier very recognizable you look at him and you're like yes oh okay i see it dude he fucking killed and i'm talking about killed like i don't laugh ever uh you know i laugh like around friends and stuff like that but like at comedy i i don't like even though i do find it tremendously funny you really have to kill me like bert i thought he was hilarious i loved his jokes i didn't laugh because you know I, I I don't know. I'm I, maybe I'm autistic. I don't I don't know. But this <laughs> dude was tism. fucking killing it, dude. Yeah. This dude was like, you know, I mean, just like talking about butt fucking and all kind of stuff. Sorry, Sandy, but he was, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Sorry, it'll be bleeped out. <laughs> oh, we you finally started the bleep. We got a bleep button. Well, oh, silence. Okay, well that's good. Bleep. But anyways, it it was fantastic. Uh, Fantastic go about it, uh, but I really do want to see Theo Vaughn. I think he's going to be a. a he's at the. Guy. He's going to be at the arena though, the Preps Arena. 
the Probst Arena. Yeah, I thought he was doing the Orion. No, I thought he was doing, doing Probst Orion. Arena. Mm. No, I think he's doing the Orion. We'll search after. Oh, Makes well, sense. TBD, I guess, guys. Sorry. It's in Huntsville. Yeah, it's in Huntsville. Yeah, oh, I know it's in Huntsville. We can confirm that much of it. But I tell you, the biggest disappointment I ever had, I bought Joey Diaz tickets. No. Yeah. Just funny Huntsville. on podcast and that's it? No, he's funny in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's at the Von Braun Center, Probst Arena. That's what I said. Oh, they changed it to the Probst? Yeah. Why? Why would they do that? I don't know. They weren't happy with uh, the guy that they pulled out of Project Paperclip? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they got to change it to the Probst? Probst Arena. <laughs> I've been there. For, too good for Nazis, huh? Yep. I seen Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's why they're taking the rocket, too. I seen Neil deGrasse Tyson at a Nazi arena and. He had the audacity to say that I'm glad y'all are thinking with a clear brain. I said the first clear brain would not to name it after a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Wouldn't you think that? No, I mean, you know, to each their own. Well, I mean, I'm fine with it, you know. I mean, you know. Volkswagen we, seems to be doing pretty good. We stole them fair and square. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Not our fault we had better general I, managers in place. I'm sorry you're fine peddling your pseudoscience here that... <laughs> Now that it comes down, he seems like a bit of a shill, doesn't it? <laughs> so, I had a missed opportunity a few weeks ago. Corey went to Furnace Fest. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go. Things changed, and I didn't get to go. So, I need Corey's rundown. Because I've kind of been waiting since we've been planning on having him back. I was like, I need this on the podcast. Yeah, well, let me tell you. He had a big missed opportunity. Not only... Was that a hell of a festival? It was an event. I mean, it was... Uh, we had Turnstile, which I don't know if a lot of people that listen to this podcast know who Turnstile are, but they're a Grammy-nominated... So um, for some reason, in the metal category, which I would not categorize them as that. But, no. you know, that uh, that's where they're going to get nominated. Um, I, w- I would consider them as like a hardcore to post-hardcore band um but they were there and i actually ended up taking a uh, previous um uh what what would you call that you call uh yes guest uh yeah. brother there you there. go um his name's john lang which was carly lang's brother i took him with me um and he is a pretty good drummer for a, um, I would say, an indie rock band named, uh, well, shoot, he's got a bunch of uh, names. He was uh, Mia Zamungo. Um, he was part of, God, dog. Well, you know, I'm not going to bastardize, uh, bastardize it. Anyways, he's an independent musician these days. Uh, anyways, I drug his ass to this thing. Uh, begrudgingly with my uh he he is currently engaged to my cousin Casera. Shout out Casera. She is a uh, wonderful person. Also um so anyways I drug this fellow along to this thing which he loves turnstile. Dude, when I tell you that this was an event, Drake should have took the ticket. Mm-hmm. Should have took the ticket. My wife met Anthony Green. I don't know if you know who Anthony Green is. Do you know who Anthony Green is? Not a clue. Circus Survive, Seosin, Sound of Animals Fighting. He has his own solo albums. Uh, he's been featured with uh, Chino Marino uh, from Deftones. You're speaking a foreign language to Shane right now. <laughs> uh, he's fucking awesome. You know Swahili. 
basically. That's all I heard. Basically, just now. dude, this dude is awesome. Like he he's just on his solo mixes. I think he he can take you from areas of being ultra depressed to with that Chino Marino. You know, Fun the band Fun. Mm-hmm. He did a song with the singer from Fun. Okay. And uh, shit, ten years ago now, I think yeah, about it's it. Gonna, it's been a minute since Fun was relevant. Since Fun was Fun, yeah. Well, I think Fun was only a side project. But you got to think, where does Fun lead to? Taylor Swift. Oh no, Taylor was rocking way before then. Oh no. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Jack. Uh, Jack. What's his name? Um, Mehoff. Mehoff. Jack Mehoff. <laughs> Is that his name? I I, I know it's so. Jack. It's it's it sounds like Jack Mehoff, but uh, he uh. He's the main producer for her and Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. I'm to say. I'm just saying, Taylor's I mean, been bumping. You're not really. Oh, wait. Like, he's, he produced all her major albums, though. So. You've got to at least check out Sayosin. Yeah. You okay. you haven't heard Sayosin? Mm-hmm. You got to listen. Seven to years? I mean, this is all Drake's fault if you really want to get down to the root cause of it. Drake Pittman or yeah. Drake the artist? No, Pittman. Oh, my yeah. God. I've seen him with Beartooth song today. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> we gotta we gotta give them a lot music. <laughs> well, it was because it Baratooth had a, isn't something that you just throw get thrown on for you. Well, it's because I mean, it had it's... Hardy in it, and Shane's a big Hardy guy. Mm. Well, I mean, I like, appreciated it. It was good. Could have been better. If could've I been was better. starting hardcore music, who would I listen to? Like, what what like classic rock bands do you listen to? Uh, do you listen to? Shane. Yeah, I mean, I like really ACDC, don't listen to yeah, like I mean, that? if it's ACDC or Zeppelin, maybe. It's about... You never listen to the Misfits? Mm-mm. Like Danzig? Mm-mm. You never play Grand Theft Auto? I do, but I always have my headphones in. <laughs> like the old ones, you know, I've got something to say. Oh, no, I mean, I hadn't played anything. So, I Mother... mean, Vi- like the last time I played Vice City was 2000. Le- okay. Nine. Well, Vice City is a different soundtrack. That is the best soundtrack. Yeah, the Vice City soundtrack. Dude, oh my God, robbing a liquor store to Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Best. okay. <laughs> I did Billy, put it. Billy Jean playing in the background. You're robbing a fucking liquor store. Oh my God. Yeah, but no, four and five was just straight headphones and just whatever was. Dude, no, yeah, no. Seth Dude. Cummings and I did get him put on a uh, mailing. Yep. I'm gonna be. Uh, I do love mailing, and I've seen mailing. Fifteen times, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. They're not the hardcore band that I would uh, introduce you to. Okay. Well, we just knew you kind of like it because of the Southern Twang. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're from Florida. Are they really Southern? That's a whole other country. Are they really? I mean, that's what. Well, I mean, Leonard Skinner was from Florida. Are they really Southern? I think they're kind they? of the definition of Southern rock. I don't think yeah. so. I don't think so. I think and when you say Southern group. rock, first thing people yeah, are usually going to say is and watch their, You go in and watch the documentaries, uh, and you listen to them. They don't really sound like they're that Southern. They were very liberal. It, it, oh, yeah. It very much. And I'm not conflating liberalism with Southernism at all. I'm saying that Florida is not Southern. Oh, I agree with that. Saying. Yeah. Now, that's, that checks out 100%. Florida is not Southern. So if there was a metalcore, hardcore band you would recommend to Shane? Uh, starting out? Yeah. Oh, uh, starting out. Um, I think he would like Turnstile. 
Yeah, but they're not Southern. I mean, they're from Baltimore, Maryland, which technically, uh, depending on how you're drawing the lines, uh, is Southern. But that would be the one I would start with, yes, because they, uh, especially the last album that they produced, it is fantastic. I mean, we're talking about, you've got, um, which I must have uh, met the bass player from the band. Dude, they've got everything from rap, like... um, the Beastie Boys incorporated into it all yep. the way to like post hardcore and hardcore. Uh, like, it's nothing that I've. Imagine a Pink Floyd album in today's environment, but not with all the psychedelic bullshit involved. Like, there are some cool riffs that are like what I would call a mellotron, which, you know, is something that is like a repetitive, um, uh, cycle you know you know shit like that yeah that's going on in it but then you all of a sudden it breaks down into maybe you know like a a beastie boys like rant you know and then you you go into it and then it busts into a hardcore uh position i I consider i would i would start with that if you were interested in getting into hardcore like shane or anybody else like you know he's wearing the country boots and everything he's got the slim jeans on Mm -hmm. where did my camo crocs land me (laughs) i i've known you um before i think these camo crocs became into existence (laughs) but you know i mean that's just the way it is i mean uh, the music is an undeniable thing like, if you didn't meet me, I mean, I wear uh, overalls and, uh, you know, boots and everything else. But uh, hardcore is something that is involved in the soul. It's an uh, altruistic, um, defining, I would say it's almost an anti-establishment uh, way of life. Um which is, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. But, like, if I was you, Shane, and I was wanting to get into something that I would consider ultimately Southern, it would probably be Norma Jean Ooh. or the Chariot. I would say Norma Jean over the Chariot, because the Chariot's going to be a little bit too hardcore for you, because they, they like, went to this house in Perth, Australia, and completely destroyed this house. Like, I'm talking about, you watch this video, and they got kicked off the stage in Perth, and then they went to this guy's house, and the guy was like, yeah, this is my house, we'll fucking wear it out. And they went in there and... Just fucking wore it out. No, and it wasn't even them. It wasn't even them. It was the fans going nuts. I'm talking about people going through drywall. They're up on the top of the roof, going down the chimney like Santa Claus. (laughs) It was insane. And I got to witness this with Norma Jean, uh, which is Norma Jean would be if you want to get into hardcore that is kind of like workout heavy, but not too like um, emotionally involved. I'd get into Norma Jean, especially if you're like a a Christian going into like a post-Christian society. I don't know how to describe it other than that. 
But I enjoy Under it Oath. tremendously. Under Oath, I cannot stand. Really? Anymore. No, not not now. I like their old music, but I cannot stand uh, this new Under Oath. I feel like... I say you either uh, stand by the principles that you've originally went by, or you don't stand for anything and start a new band. I feel like they just you had d- a change yes. of heart, and we're like, we're going to feel this way, and we're going to constantly tell you we feel this way. Well, change of heart my ass. Uh, start a new band. Yeah, don't call you, it Underoath. Okay, you're down to uh, no original members, except for Aaron Gillespie. Did Spencer um, quit? No, it, Spencer wasn't an original No, he member. wasn't. Dallas was. No, Dallas Taylor from Maylene was. Yeah. And then they got rid of basically everyone in the band and started a new band. Start if. If you've abandoned your principles that hard, start a new band. And I'm look, am I a Christian? Yes. But um I I like to watch Gorgoroth, which is a satanic metal band. I mean, I think they are a fantastic group of uh creative individuals. But do not come and blast me with the same name. And then sing the same songs that you were previously singing and come in with me with some hypocritical bullshit. I don't want to hear it. Come up with a new band. I, yeah. I just don't want to hear it. I don't do not. If you're not under oath and you're not singing and you're not under the same principles as you once were, come up with something different. Start a new band. It's fine. No one's going to fault you. Just be realistic about the principles that you've changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you like know. you like uh, the plot in you too. You too? The band you too? No. The I'll, plot in you. I like you too. You know, they're at the uh I like both of you two. Did you oh, say yeah. that sphere? Dude, I get fucking I'm telling you right now. I don't give a fuck who makes fun of me. I know Drake's gonna bleep me a bunch. And I don't care. Guess what? About to start charging by the hour. <laughs> I fucking love you too. I'm telling you that right now. So you were like the one person in America that wasn't upset when that album just got dropped on iTunes on everyone's phone or iPod? Well, I'm not a dummy. I don't have iTunes. Well, fair enough. So, no, I wasn't <laughs> upset. But I'll tell you what, that album sucked. <laughs> I had to hear it on my wife's iTunes. It's probably why they just gave it and forced it on everybody. Yeah. It was 100% garbage. But that 80s shit, bro, come on. It don't get better than that. Dude, I remember that I, Tomb Raider song they put in the movie, too. Greg Kilgore drug, uh, drug me. I had appendicitis, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't know. I thought I was like having like a back problem or something. <laughs> Greg Kilgore drug me to a church service over um, on the mountain somewhere. And, dude, the only thing I can remember is them playing Where the Streets Have No Name. And I'm just looking at them like, I think this is the fucking it for me. <laughs> and, I, you know, I believe in I believe in Jesus Christ and God 100%. I'll tell you that right now. I have, have no doubt that, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. But. If he could have took me right then, that I'd been the fucking fine with that it. Was the time. I was dying. <laughs> and literally dying. I mean, that would have been no joke. Physically dying. Yeah. Okay? So I'm sitting there watching this go down, and I'm like, I look at Greg, and Greg's looking at me, and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, bro, I've worked for like a week like this. <laughs> he And he told me, he's like, you just got back spasms. Bro. Get <laughs> just get over I it. I talked to a doctor that was there, Dr. Bowen, um, Bolin. Um, this, uh, guy that used to be, uh, I, th- I think, um, uh, I mean, Bowen's a good one to talk to. If no, you have Bolin, back problems. Dr. Bolin. Uh, he was like a, 
like a I don't know what you call it, like a ear, nose, throat doctor. ENT. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't go to doctors. All right. Same. I, I practice. I'm just big on acronyms. I go to I I go to the voodoo witch doctory. You know, like I drink some vinegar and hope I'm good to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll dab so one Dr Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get a little bit of vinegar in me. Oh, okay. Oh my god. Cleans me. Cl- cleans <laughs> you out. it right up. It's like I think it's good to go. But no. So he's sitting there talking to me, and he's like, "Corey, I think you have appendicitis. You, you're." Wide as a ghost. And I'm like, nah, Greg said my back was out. <laughs> Anyways, I keep going. He takes me to this shit. Uh this this uh not shit. It was uh it was a beautiful performance by whoever sang you two that day. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can remember. I couldn't tell you the service, I couldn't tell you nothing, but I can I can I can tell you that streets of uh you know that song was playing. Anyways, we leave there, and I'm with uh, my friend Ani Hathaway. She cooks down there at uh, 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 the the brunch place. Uh, five loaves? Five loaves. With her brother Coconut. And uh, I've known them for, sh- at that point, six, seven years. I, I work with Coconut. If y'all don't know, if you, if Coconut ain't been on here, that's somebody you got to talk to. That's a dude that's seen some wild <laughs> shit in the cooking industry. Uh Anyways, I was with uh, his sister, not dating her, just there physically together, friends. And uh, we left there, and I remember floating all the way to Tzatziki's down a 31, all the way down there. Like, I didn't get in this vehicle. (laughs) I floated there. I'm telling you this right now. It's an out-of-body experience. Out-of-body. Dude, I'm telling you. This is the most physical pain I've ever been in. We get there. I don't even remember eating. I remember looking at the food and I remember me pulling it into my mouth. I couldn't tell you what it tasted like. I know I got rice pilaf and I know I got Greek chicken 100% with the pita bread. Mm -hmm. Couldn't tell you what it tasted like. (laughs) Nothing. I get home and I'm dating, uh, uh, I'm dating this girl named Nicole at the time. And I tell her, and we we were kind of broken up, like, together, broken up type situation. And I told her, I'm like, hey. Toxic. I think I'm dying. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, like you're dying emotionally? And I'm like, no, physically. <laughs> I think I'm dying. Not like, real deal. Like, <laughs> I need an ambulance. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me. Listen to this. This is how bad of our... Our healthcare system is. I, I did not do drugs at this point in my life. They took me to um, Jasper, uh, and Jasper says, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He just wants pain pills." <laughs> and I'm like, "Pain pills? Please give me some." Yeah. You're not th- wrong. I I'm, do want yes, those. <laughs> those are the things that I do want currently. Yes, I'm dying, sir. But I would also like to know why. Dude, I don't need my, pain pills. I need my CPR. Mom, my mom takes me there. Listen, no shit. And this is how bad our system and our uh, world is. She took me uh, over to um, the ghetto over there in, uh, what What do you call that place where the, everybody goes to get their hearts? Princeton? Princeton. Mm-hmm. Same situation. I sat there. I'm bowed over. Like I couldn't even like lift, pull my back up anymore. That's how they listen. 
my appendix ruptured while I was there. Yeah. They ruptured, and by the grace of God, by the grace of God, my body walled it off. Okay? So they stuck me there. They wanted to know every drug I've ever known in existence. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I told my mom, I looked at my mom, and I'm like, can you please leave the room? Because they wanted to know, like, a whole drug history situation. And I'm like, a drug history? Like, what? And they're like, what have you done in the past, you know, year? And I'm like, can you leave the room, Mom? And, and it wasn't anything like, you know, heroin or anything like that. It was all psychedelics. But still, you don't want your mom to know that you're on yeah. those kind of things. So I get, I get into that. Dude, they're like, okay, well, you need to go back out to the thing. And I heard the lady say, he just wants drugs. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> drugs my ass. I'm dying over here. Like, I'm, I, I haven't ate in like two days. Mm-hmm. Haven't shit in two days. Like, drugs my ass, yeah. all right? Anyways, they end up taking me to St. Vincent's. My mom has to carry me in. I probably weigh, at that time, at 130, so not heavy. I just graduated high school. She has, my mom, which is five foot four, has to pick me up and carry me in there through the drug. You know, they've got metal detectors yeah. in St. Vincent's. Yep. The guy's like, you got to run in through the St. I remember seeing it and I'm just like, I'm dying. Like, yeah, I'm dead going, fish. I'm going white at yeah. this point, like close to death. And uh, she brings me through and this, like, they start, you know, asking the usual, is this guy's a heroin addict or shit like that. I remember just like hearing him and she's like, no, no, he is dying. I think his appendix is ruptured. They get me through, dude. The next thing I know, I'm slapping black ladies on the ass. Yeah. I'm waking up out of this coma. Apparently, I had surgery two days later. I'm slapping like they wasn't even that attractive. <laughs> That's just me. I'm slapping these black ladies on the ass. And I'm like, hey, baby, what's going on? Anyways, they, they had me there forever. And I'm telling you, if you never had your appendix took out, you should try it. I'd recommend it. Mine's gone. Yeah, they will hoot you up. Still holding on. Dude. Idiot. What a fun time. Anyways, I, I get in there and they, you know, they take care of me. And uh that is the first time I can remember ever watching Boise State play a football game. Hmm. They were straight trash. <laughs> I was Virginia gonna say Tech beat be... the shit out of them. <laughs> was this like two thousand? I'm going to say nine, nine, yeah. nine, ten. You were about to graduate high school? Yeah. What a time. I was already out. Were you? Yeah. When did you graduate? 2007. Eight? You graduated in 07? Yeah. That dude's oh old God. as shit. Dude, how are y'all friends? Quote Kevin Hart. Damn. Yeah. That explains a Horse lot. Horse Creek Golf Course. Yeah. Is that what it is? Mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love Horse Creek. Well, let me tell you. Don't ever go there. What a shitty golf course that is. Their greens fucking suck. You do not, dude. That super first expensive. Hole, that, super expensive. We're talking $48, $45 a go. It's not worth it. Uh, the carts aren't ever charged. You're going to hit, you're going to shank it right into the fucking pine trees every time you play there. <laughs> Don't play there. The place sucks. Go 100%. to Musgrove. Go to Musgrove. <laughs> go anywhere. Go go to um, uh, the place on Bessemer. It's way better. Frank House. Yeah, Frank House top is tier. way better. Beats yes. RTJ. 
Dude, 100%. RTJ sucks compared to this. We're talking about manicured greens, no gunshots, nothing, dude. <laughs> Absolutely love not. It. Stay away from Horse Creek. Place is a heap of shit. <laughs> I can't, I mean, it's bad enough. You go there. Can't even play a playthrough no more. Japanese people slow it down. They were meticulous on playing. Yeah. Have you played there? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. I heard at least 10 gunshots last time I was there at Horse Creek. Yep. Lockerbie. It might have just been me hitting my driver. Lockerbie's getting wild. <laughs> I wish it was, but these <laughs> sounded like authentic guns. Maybe AK-47? <laughs> Place sucks. Do not go there. It is horrible. Oh, I love Horse Creek. I do, too. That's so good. <laughs> Actually, no. Have you played Mountain View lately? No. Oh my I've God. heard it's gone. It's gone bad. Off the rails. Last time I played there, it was a lot of fun. But, you know. In a dangerous kind of way? Well, no. I'll tell you, the clubhouse was hopping. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet it was. It was just me and a bunch of like guys that went to Vietnam. Oh, I'll tell you that. The best of times. I was there. not everybody drink, Dude, oh, my God. They let me go upstairs there. Dude. At least one million degrees. It was the temperature <laughs> of the sun at the very top. I get up there and I'm with my friend Ryan Stewart, um, and uh, he's like, "Oh, can we go up here?" I'm like, "Fuck them! What are we're they gonna going? do? Tell us no." Yeah, what are they gonna walk up here? Get us? We're gonna push them down the stairs. Come on! We get up there, dude. Hotter than ten suns, <laughs> dude. We had to open the windows up. I guarantee they're still open. Ain't nobody been up there. <laughs> Probably not. Dude, he was like, I got to I gotta show Amanda this. He's like taking pictures everywhere, and I'm looking down, and I'm like, dude, I cannot walk. It's a spiral staircase, and I'm like, dude, I, I swear to God, I'm going to fall down these stairs. Dude. I peed in every level that we went down. It took me forever to get down. By the time I got down, I've already bought these uh, Vietnam vets a new round of beer. It was amazing. I love that. Go to Mountain View Golf Course. It is so much. It's like a cartoon of fun. It used to be the premier place to play around here. It still should be. That's what's crazy. You look at it, and uh, it it still should be. Like as far as the layout, I think it should be a fantastic place to play because I mean they have what thirty six is it thirty six holes twenty seven twenty seven holes uh, to play at. I mean. If they manicured 18 and kept, you know, nine in practice range, <laughs> dude, it could probably be one of the best places of Birmingham to play. I know we just jumped to golf, but I love golf. Hey, I'd rather close out. I'm, quick, fine. Yeah. I'm totally fine closing out on golf. Yeah. I know these two. I went and played at Robert Trent with a Southern Company, and let me tell you, it was last year, probably June. It was a torture, torture scene. Ooh. I love our TJ courses. Dude, it had to have been 115 when I was there. That oh. The ladies were coming out and handing us, like, frozen cloths. And she was oh. like, I can't believe y'all are still out here playing. Those, like, those cold you towels. Couldn't even, you couldn't even put your leg outside of the cart. Just scalding. Ungodly. <laughs> my uh, my PM uh, is playing Dancing Rabbit tomorrow. Nice. Which I'm hopped about here in front of them. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be... Uh, Dancing know, Rabbit's it. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Azalea course is patterned after Augusta. That's what they say. It's yeah. supposed to be the Augusta you can play. It's pretty That's, nice. Been there. You know, he he was a collegiate golfer at Cincinnati and Army. Dang. So he, he's pretty good. I yeah. played with him, and let me tell you, there's a difference between playing golf 
and playing playing golf. golf. Yeah. All right. So they drink a beer to two beers a hole when they play. Mm-hmm. It's unstoppable. Lasered. I got so plastered the last time I played with him, and so he he pulls up, and th- my my boss, okay, is a phenomenal golfer. And when I'm talking about phenomenal, like you've never played with anybody like this, it makes you sick. Like he hits this ball, and he's like, "I think I'm going to clear the green," and I'm like, "Drive it! Yeah. I'm going to drive it!" And I'm like. Could you not? Could you like <laughs> pull back? And he just nails it, and there it is. You can just see the ball going, sailing. What RTJ course y'all play? Uh, we played the Ridge at Oxmoor. Yeah, she's a tough one. PTSD. I didn't think it was that bad. PTSD. She, she's a tough one, dude. It wasn't that bad. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't it, as far as the courses that I've played, and I've not played a ton of courses, uh, to me, the Ridge was more forgiven than Horse Creek. Yeah, some holes, I mean, they're kind of patterned the same way. They're both built in, like, old coal mine areas. So uh, you can't really miss, and once you get past the trees, like, you're done. Like, you might as well go ahead and take a drop. Well, once you get past, okay, so I don't know what hole this is. Um, Where? Because... Well, we started in a, it was a scramble. Oh, at so the we, ridge. you know we started at different places on the ridge, and we went in, and it was like you, you go if you're staring at the clubhouse and you look left. Um, that's that's the second part of the course, right? The when, when you I'm, look left, if you're staring at the course uh, clubhouse, yeah, and you look left, and you you take you know. Well, that's a that's, that's the front yeah, nine. That's front okay, nine. so we started in the back nine, and then we played the front nine. Yeah. Okay, so the front nine, um, I think like maybe two holes in, we hit it around. We were we were on maybe the third hole, and you have these large swath of trees that go around, and it kind of like curves. It's a par four, but it like does like a crazy dog leg, and. I'm talking about it about like boomerangs on you. Da- yeah, da- so, the downhill dog leg. No, it's a, it's a uphill. It's a uphill. You tee off. You're thinking about number three. You, you, I'm talking about you tee two. off, number and if you three. don't hit it, if you ain't got like a a slice, then you're not going around it. So what I did is I just nailed it up over the trees, right? I didn't know where we were going, but I knew that it curved. Dude. That might have been number 10. Then. I have never been. It might have been ten. I don't know, yeah. dude. I mean, we're tens. Talk- a, tens a hard dog. By then, out. I probably had uh, fifteen vodka tonics. Woo. By then, yeah, you're done for. It bud. was a nightmare, yeah, dude. Nightmare. So, anyways, we I hit it up over the trees, and I just like like turned my whole body like ninety. You know, you're supposed to tee it around and you know curve it out, and I just turned my body and shot it up over the trees with a pitching wedge. Dude, cut off the whole course. It was amazing. Yeah. Like they they were all like trying to bend it and shit. Shannon almost died on number eight there. Drake tried to kill me Dude, on number eight there. That whole place, the is downhill like, par three. Yes. It was like straight downhill with the yes. pond in between. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me yes. and Shane yes. about died and there. You end up at like look like some old quarry at the end. Yeah, we almost ended up in the quarry. Oh my god! Yeah, Drake that dumped a golf disgusting. cart. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, 
we've told the story. I can't remember what episode it was on, but we told the story of uh, Shane looked at me and says, why'd you do that? And then five seconds later, we are upside down. Well, sideways. Yeah. I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forget you play golf, though. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I love golf. Actually, it's um something outside of my normal realm. You know, I didn't grow up with golf. Never, uh, never even really thought about it. Um, but it's something that I've really grown to enjoy. So, ch- flipping, flipping the switch here, we've talked. We we kind of veered off music pretty quick. Uh, so closing out, I just kind of want, want us to kind of have this little discussion here with social media being the way it is. You. And, and streaming platforms now, we're, we have access to a lot more artists that back in the, you have to buy the album, mm-hmm. iTunes days, that we didn't really discover. So, in this new era of music, these people that you've listened to that kind of overnight success, I guess, who would be like a bucket list item? Like show. Of an overnight success. Well, not necessarily overnight success. Just like within the past couple of years since, you know, Spotify and everything's kind of risen to where it is. And all these places that have like little concerts on their YouTube channels and stuff. I'll let you go first, Shane. I mean, I, I'm so, I mean, we saw, we saw my one, you know, bucket list or who it would have been anyways yeah. in New Orleans. Uh Hmm. He's coming back to New Orleans in July. You talking about Zach Bryan? Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. I've got a friend that just seen him three times in less than a month. Jealous. He works with me. I could have seen the same dude the same amount of times. Yeah. Yo, where do y'all work at? Because I need a job there. Yeah. Jeez You don't want to do, do that job. <laughs> I assure you. Uh, if it's affording if it's affording me to see Zach Bryan three times in a month um we'll have to talk offline about that situation <laughs> uh it, it you know it, it's one of those is it worth your life it seems far more lucrative than the automotive industry it, right now <laughs> well I was in the automotive industry once before <laughs> and I've never experienced the amount of um concert availability than I'm at, but it's a very uh, risk-reward situation. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Zach Bryan would be a banger of a dude to see. Um, I know from uh, past listeners, Corey Pounders wants to hear Zach Bryan play. Of course I do. He's a Mm singer-songwriter. What do you want to hear? I mean... He's singing songs that he wrote from the heart. I mean, I don't think as it gets organic more, as it gets. I don't think it gets more uh, punk rock than that. Honestly, yeah. I'm a big fan of Red Clay Strays. Like they just came to Birmingham and missed the show. Yeah, I missed the show, and you were supposed to go with me to the show, and that's yeah. the only reason I missed the show. Because Good job, Drake. guess who? Guess who? Nobody wanted to go with me, and guess what? They're going to be the next Turnpike Troubadours. Yep. They're going to be huge, and I'm telling you right now, Red Clay Strays, if you haven't heard them, you better get on them. Dude, I mean, we're talking about like a Chris Stapleton-infused 
Turnpike Troubadours. Yeah. Dude can sing his balls off. Mm-hmm. He's Elvis reincarnated. Fantastic. As far as looks go. Yeah, if, yeah. Yes. If you look at him, it's dude. Is that Elvis like with a country band? And they're from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And they open for Turnpike. I've seen them. What? Me and Drake saw them together. Yep, that was a good old time. And then uh, we seen them open for Turnpike. Have you? I think me and you did. No, we, we saw uh, them Dirty Roses and Musky Down Bloodline. Well, I saw them a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to uh, clarify who you've seen and who you ain't seen. We got you know? deep in those whiskey doubles at Turnpike. Well, Musky Down's also some red clay strays. Yep. So well, I tell you about Musky Down Bloodline. My only bitch about them is I wish they recorded better fucking emo songs. <laughs> that whole album... They're great live. Like, if you get yeah. to see these guys, yeah. th- th- that's somebody you got to see. Like, they are fantastic live. And shout out them boys My only the bitch rhyme. is that that's the emo songs you want to come out with? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's a thousand better ones that you could come up with. A thousand better ones. Yeah. I feel like there may have been some legality issues that went into it. Probably. Legality, my ass. Are we in punk rock or are we not? <laughs> are we? Are you doing it or you ain't? Yeah, or you ain't. Punk rock ain't got no rules, son. Financially. (laughs) Financially, my ass. I mean, bullshit that. I mean, what, they did uh, Janie all over? Are you fucking kidding me? Janie all over? Jamie. Jamie. Janie, Jamie, whatever. Janie's Garbage. Janie's got a gun. Janie did have a gun. Yeah, Janie did have a gun. Janie's got a gun. Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly (laughs) has a gun. Honestly, I was, I was... Oh, in this climate, yes. <laughs> she did allegedly have... Jenny allegedly have a gun. I, uh, I was looking forward to seeing Turnpike, but I was really excited to see uh, Them Dirty Roses. Yeah, Because I were was a huge a fan. fan. Dude, what was that, a year ago now almost? Yeah, because uh, yeah, they're playing like Alabama like a year apart. Mm-hmm. Dude, let, did you know what I got from there? I got that poster from there. Yeah, it's on my wall too. You got one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's your number? Uh, I don't even remember. It's like forty something. Mine's twenty seven. Nice, hyped. I got it framed. It's a. I don't have anything else framed, other than that. Listen, Turnpike Troubadours is one of the only bands that I would ever get framed. Evan Felker is the songwriter of a generation. We're talking about top tier shit here. Okay, all right. Top tier shit. Yep, he's good. Like, fantastic songwriter. Like, we're, if you haven't heard the Flying Burrito Brothers, and they're from the 1970s, if you have ever heard the song Wild Horses, you need to listen to the Flying Burrito Brothers, because they did it first. I'm going to have to listen to them. Haven't, you haven't listened to them? Nope. No. So I've got I'm one a, of those people that kind of listens. You the know same that stuff. Uh, guy uh, from Jasper named Seth. Uh, he's a bit of a uh, bohemian character, kind of floats around a little bit. Kind of looks like uh, Anthony Fantana. Yeah, I told him that he doesn't care. Anyways, he goes and stays at the place where, and this is crazy, very interesting for people who do. It, People from not from this area. So we have a mutual, um, 
I wouldn't say he's a friend, but I would say he's definitely someone that I associate with. He goes and stays at the place that the guy from uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers died at in Joshua Tree and then runs the marathon there. Crazy shit. Very strange. Stays in the room that the guy died in. Mm -hmm. He is ultimately like tied to this guy. But when I tell you the Flying Burrito Brothers are an underrated, like, country rock band, Rolling Stones probably wouldn't have transitioned into the band that we know them as without the Flying Burrito Brothers. It's fantastic. And and if I could tell you, uh, actually, I could. Um, Now, with the uh, wonders of technology... Um, one second. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Shane, who's your bucket list? That you haven't seen. Taylor. Mm. I mean, not an overnight sensation by any means, but Tay-Tay would be pretty dope. Her streams do be killing it, apparently. They do. That's what they say. Um... see here who else would be another good one you're struggling up there aren't you oh Graham Parsons I don't know why I'm so dumb anyways Graham Parsons died in Joshua Tree and then you know have you never heard that uh, thing Uh, where his uh, friends like drug him I'm hearing some static over here it's your phone yeah oh my bad you're good (laughs) um Anyways, like, Graham Parsons' friends, like, drug him out of this whole thing and, like, went on this wild goose chase with the police and, like, burned his body in Joshua Tree. It's wild shit, dude. Joshua Tree's just a wild place, like, already. Yeah. Oh, it's great. So, have y'all ever listened to the podcast about uh, cocaine and rhinestones? No. Mm -hmm. Dave, though, and Cosign. Yes. Yeah. 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 David Allen Coates. You've never listened to it? Wait. I did you send this? I, I probably dude, did. It, like a year or two ago? Probably. Dude, yeah. This shit is. Dude. Okay. So if you love country music and you really love country music, if you do not listen to this podcast, you've done yourself a disservice. This. David Allen Coates has done one of. One of the most tremendous podcasts I've ever heard. And I'm talking about in details of going into as far as pinball of how that affects country music. It is fucking wild. And I know this is an explicit podcast. I'm sorry again, Sandra, (laughs) my uh, mother-in-law, who will listen to this podcast. Um fantastic like and he doesn't get enough credit i know g gq had a little uh assignment off to the side for him a little article and uh it it just didn't do enough this uh, tyler mahan co has done so much for categorizing the way country music is put together fantastic it's fantastic. Yep. I mean, we we have a he did a whole volume 
And it doesn't even seem like a whole volume on the possum. And if you know who the possum is, I don't even have to go into detail. You don't even want to listen to country music. This this shit is legit. Like, badass. Yep. I'm a big fan. You need to listen to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, when he said the name, I knew it sounded familiar, but just wasn't, wasn't clicking. And yeah. then... So, closing out. Yes. Who is an artist that somebody needs to go listen to? Shane? Go round table. Depends on the genre, I guess. I mean, I, I fell back into Noah Khan recently, so. Mm, that's a good one. I checked Noah Khan. It's a little, I it's got folky undertones, some Americana hints, but it also, you can get some pop vibes out of it, too. I would say uh, this this guy's name is Moses Sumley. He's an R&B artist. Honestly, I think he would, uh, if you listen to his albums, it, is more of a transcendence experience. Uh, but Moses Sumley, 100%. Mine's Logan Halstead. Y'all have got to listen to him. Just listen to Dark Black Cole. Dude's got a freaking voice on him. Unique voice. Not like a powerful voice. It's a unique voice. It seemed like uh, a lot of different genres yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Look, we gave everybody a little bit Moses Sumley is really an R&B artist. And I'm telling you, this, this black guy, dude, I listen to it, especially, you know, maybe under an influence of some sort, mm-hmm. yeah. but, you know, none that can be traceable yeah. back towards me. Naturally. And I'm telling you, fantastic. Well, Corey, dude, I appreciate you coming back. It's been fun. Yeah, I wish I could stay on more topics, but uh, my ADD, <laughs> uh, this new environment that we were in is... Uh, It'll spark you. It is something else. We got the rain falling around us, mm-hmm. and you know, as uh, Led Zeppelin said, the leaves are falling all around, and it's time I was on my way. The crickets are going. <laughs> it's getting cooler. I've got a right eye issue that I cannot get yeah, situated. Yeah, I, I am hammering. This I thought thing. it was a bit of a tism. Yeah, it um, might be. It might be the tism flared up. <laughs> but uh, I catch a flare up every once in a while. Corey, if you want to drop your socials for people to go follow you, or uh, yeah, it is uh, MC Pounders uh, on Facebook, um, Twitter. I have a Twitter, um, which I only uh, follow people on. You can try to look me up as. MC Pounders there. Uh, other than that, that that's basically it. If you want to hit me up by via email, it's michaelcpounders777 at gmail.com. Gang, gang. Other than that, Rip uh, the gmail. I don't... Uh, you don't do the TikToks. Do not. You know, uh, I can't. I'm not that interesting of a person. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. But... Anyways, I love everybody here, especially in Walker County, and uh, just know that, uh, you know, despite of what the press writes against me, I'm trying to do the best for everybody. I agree. Beautiful. I think you do. You're on the right track. Pounders 2024. Yeah, not 2024. Let's say um, 2036, if that's a number that we can go after. Yeah, I like it. If we're still here. <laughs> yep. Well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> another day that won't hopefully won't be two years from now. Oh, yeah, well, maybe not, but, you know, maybe it will. We shall see. But you know what else we shall see? That jar is not empty. Pass that thing around. 
Love your neighbor. Talk, Talk to, to someone, someone different than you. Sip, 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 sip. And we'll, we'll see, see you next time, time on Pass the Jar. Pass the jar.